Good morning and welcome to the <clears throat> Ask Elsa podcast and I am Elsa Kepi and you can find out more about me on my website pleasureforhealth.com. Today we are going to dive into a topic that uh, many people fear to tread in this area and that is on the topic of shame and you know how does shame impact our ability to have uh, healthy relationships? How does it affect our ability to um, have intimacy, to be present to uh, our intimate partners or to people in our lives? And why would we be interested in looking at shame? Most of us want to avoid shame as and run as far away as possible. But let's dive a little bit into why it's uh, worth looking at this um, social emotion of shame. And, um, you know, understanding how it works and what we can maybe do to shift some of the shame uh, into a, a healthier version of either guilt or maybe a healthier version of self-esteem that helps us to process and to feel the shame and let it move through us. So on all these levels, we're going to take a deep dive into the topic of shame and um I, I was curious about this as being a social emotion because I think a lot of times we, lo we look at emotions as being something that we experience by ourselves. Um, but some emotions, you know, envy or jealousy or shame or things like that are actually social emotions. And that means that, you know, we have these emotions because we're in socially engaged with others or we're, you know, shame, for instance, is that version of uh, seeing ourselves the way other people see us. So it's not just a personal um, feeling in our own body, it's actually in relation to others. So often it's described as uh, something that we feel when we are, we're aware of having transgressed a norm and transgressing a norm is an interesting, uh, you know, I thought this was interesting also because a norm has to be something that is desirable and binding because then we will, you know, feel uncomfortable that we've transgressed it. And so where does this idea of the norm come from? And it turns out uh, that many of us uh, learn this, this version of shame as a child, particularly as an adolescent. Adolescents are, are, sh are shown in, in a lot of research to be vulnerable to the, to shame. And so if we were, uh, in a family where there were particular norms and we didn't seem to fit into those norms or we were in a religious group or we were in a social group, peer group, and we didn't feel that, you know, um, we adequately fit into that and we transgressed somehow those norms, then the, the idea of shame or the feeling of shame would come up. So often these norms are, are formed in childhood, but they affect us all the way into adulthood. And that's, you know, what I uh, find extremely fascinating about this is that, you know, these, this feeling of shame keeps coming up and it's a feeling that is easily transferred to many other experiences. It just kind of gets in there and bounces around like a pinball in a pinball machine hitting all the posts on the way. And so we end up having this feeling of shame that just comes up all the time. Um, we can, you know, if we want to describe it as a sense, it's kind of a sense of smallness, of worthlessness, powerlessness, 
in any given situation. And it's triggered by a perceived break in one's connectedness to others or to oneself. And it can be compounded by a feeling um, of being exposed um, or really concerned about what other people think of us. Um, you know, and it can be kind of real or imagined. There may be actual real disdain or disgust from outside, from others, or we may be imagining that. So, you know, that's a, a very isolating and self-centering uh, emotion. And so you, many of you who have listened to my other podcast episodes will know that I am in the business of relationships. And so you can imagine that if you are in shame, and most of us can remember a time of feeling ashamed, we are not very aware of anyone else at that point. We're not aware of what other people are feeling. We're not empathic. We're not um, able to show up for another, uh, like an intimate partner or a person that we're involved with. And so we just turn inward. So it's this turning inward where, um, you know, it's it's the experience of being isolated. And that's the, the opposite of what we want when we're trying to gain intimacy. So, you know, how do we turn this around and turn it back outward to to gain the possibility for having intimacy in a relationship or the ability to share and so this is the the whole idea of shame, and it can be, um, it can be done. But let's talk a little bit about how shame also can be seen in our nervous system as an attack, as a uh, a crisis of some sort. And this crisis can put us into fight or flight. You know, that it's a crisis, um, a threat to our relational bonds and all of those high value social um, threads that we have. And so when we are feeling shame, we're activated into a fight or flight response. And, you know, typically that will be either a, a flight, uh, you know, I'm going to go away, I'm going to sink into the floor, I'm going <laughs> to not engage, or the fight, you know, when someone's ashamed and they lash out in a kind of sh shame, rage kind of um uh, experience. So both of those uh, ways of reacting to shame, you can imagine, are not going to be great for any type of relationship building. Um, if we're either going away or we're fighting, we're not able to be fully present or, you know, in any kind of way. So, so let's look at a little bit like what we might do in the sense of how might we deal with this? Because, you know, shame just can get into this negative cycle where it affects, we feel like our core sense of self is worthless and we are, you know, horrible people, which can kind of lead um, and be linked well to depression and get in this negative cycle of focusing on ourselves and depression and victimhood and more shame and, you know, and then we're ashamed of being ashamed, being, you know, feeling shame. And it just goes around and around and we get stuck there. And many people that I work with in my, in my relationship programs probably have a big part of their issues as they get stuck in this shame and negative cycle, as opposed to, you know, feeling guilty about something we did. You can see from that language, the something we did 
is different. It's, you know, we can, we are not bad people. We did something bad to someone maybe, or, and so we, it's an action and we can change that. We can repair that. Perhaps we can focus on our relationship to others and make up with them. But the feeling of shame is isolating. So it's these, you know, how do we turn that around? So what's interesting also is to remember that, you know, the feeling of shame needs, you need to feel safe to share. And this is probably the hardest thing about shame is that once you, you know, once you're in a shame kind of spiral, it's very difficult to turn that around and actually share with anyone because you're, you're so ashamed. You're so worried that they will think that you're a horrible person or that you, you know, they just look at you the wrong way and you are a horrible person. And so we don't even want to share. And the more secretive we are about our shame, the more that it spirals into a, a, a cycle. So the remedy for shame is actually to share about it. And that is something that requires a lot of trust and a lot of safety and a lot of holding space in a non-judgmental way. And, you know, quite often we go to a therapist or we have a, a, a group that we maybe go to and the benefit of a group or a therapist or a coach or anyone is how well they hold us in non-judgment while we're sharing our shame. We all have shame and it doesn't take much to like actually compound our shame if we go to a therapist and we say, you know, I feel really ashamed about this and the therapist makes a face or goes, well, I can see why or, or something or even a body gesture that agrees that we should be ashamed of that and we could actually spin into a worse shame. So it's interesting to notice that, you know, picking a great therapist and finding a non-judgmental place to talk about your, um, your shame is, is vitally important because this is a social feeling. We need to be seen and heard in a different way, not in a, uh, not in a, you are a bad kind of person way, but we need to be seen and heard and, and it be okay. We're still loved. We're still accepted. We're not cast out. So, you know, it requires this kind of holding space for you. And ideally this is what would happen in an intimate relationship is that we would hold each other and be able to share this kind of, you know, feeling with each other and hold space for each other. However, this is not always so easy, especially in an intimate relationship where perhaps we're both feeling triggered or in shame or, you know, one person actually has some judgment about that, maybe coming from their own shame. And it's really easy to, to just set each other off. And so having a space in your relationship to voice this, to say, hey, I just need you to listen and not make faces, not agree, not disagree, not try to make me feel better. I just want you to listen for a few minutes, kind of like a, a personal confessional, perhaps, um, can help with this. So if you are in a relationship where you're both willing to work with this, I would love to hear how your experience of this might go, where you offer each other a few minutes of your time to listen to something where you felt bad about it. I know for me personally, I've had 
shame come up around, you know, what seemed to be a small thing. I think I sent an email and I hadn't worded it very well. And somebody kind of called me out on that. And I felt, I felt guilty, but I also felt ashamed. Like I should have known better. Like I should have been able to be more, um, uh, you know, I should have been perfect in the way that I, I worded it right from the beginning. And why wouldn't I have known that? And so it took about, I would say a week. And I shared that story with my partner <laughs> for many times over and over again for within that week and just kind of rehashed it and, you know, told the story again. And sometimes I told the story, you know, where, the other people were all wrong. And sometimes I told the story where I was doing it all wrong. And sometimes I told the story where we all did things wrong. And sometimes I told the story where I actually saw a couple things I did right. And it kind of went like that until I actually got to a point where I could tell the story without having that somatic, that body feeling of shame, that kind of sinking feeling or the anger feeling come up. I could just tell it. I can, you know, like I'm telling you now, um, you know, I wrote this email. I, I did the best I could at the time. I could have taken more uh, pains to think it over before I sent it. Now I have some better wording for it and I'm grateful for the experience. But, I, you know, it really took many times sharing that same experience until I worked through the shame. And really that was you know, a very small uh, thing to start with. So I feel like, you know, when we start looking at big areas of shame in our life where we might be, you know, holding secrets or being really ashamed of something we did, um, you know, for for years or decades even, these are, are big things. And it's not just about saying it once and having someone hear it. We probably have to say it multiple times. Maybe not always to the same person. Maybe we start sharing you know, writing in a journal is a great way because you're actually, even though you're not telling someone else, it's like you're putting it down on paper. It kind of makes it more concrete, like you're sharing with yourself almost. So all of these ways of sharing are important. And it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of, um, you know, empathic and ability to hold space for each other. And I, you know, I see more and more how we are all so stressed and so in our fear response and so, you know, overtaken by just getting through the day that we don't actually have time and space to just sit and share. And so one of those, one of the best things that we could ever do for our relationships is to make some time, you know, turn the TV off, turn, put your phones away just you know be together going for a walk or sitting or you know just sharing uh, some quiet moments like you know when you wake up in the morning and just sharing your feelings and maybe some things you feel ashamed about you know quietly when you ask for support and just hearing and hearing that so i would love to hear how that goes for you this of course is a huge topic that we could definitely take a lot longer to discuss, but this gives us a little tip of the iceberg to think about. And I hope that that it gives you a little sense of how you might take this feeling of shame and transform it. Because when we transform shame, we actually can find a pride in ourselves, a kind of self-esteem that we've learned something or grown from this experience rather than an isolating, dissociating, um, you know, um, dysfunctional way of taking on shame, which ends up uh, making it almost impossible to have relationships at all. 
So if you're interested, um, please do stay in touch. Take a look at my website. I am creating a uh, longer course, an online course on shame, uh, shame and the shadow in our relationships. And if you're interested in that course, keep your eye out and I will be letting you all know when that is live. But for now, I hope you have a wonderful day and you can find somebody today to share uh, a few minutes with and maybe to witness them for a few minutes in something where they might feel ashamed and helping to move that feeling of shame into um, more social connection. Thanks so much for joining me. Like I said, you can check me out on www.pleasureforhealth.com and I look forward to um, sharing with you soon.